This is Dr. Charles Parker, and you're listening to Core Brain Journal. It's the place where I connect both fresh discoveries and interesting different perspectives from advanced mind science with the realities of real people and everyday life down on Main Street. Well, welcome aboard, folks. Dr. Charles Parker here. We have a very interesting person today who's going to cover a variety of topics all of which have to do with your core brain health in a variety of different perspectives. Dr. Donna Perillo is here with us today. Thanks for coming on, Donna. Thank you for having me. So Donna's going to hit a variety of things, including uh, some issues about, get this, arthritis and exercise. How does that all fit together? Weight loss and detox. And how does that fit together? Now, some of you may say, well, of course, that fits together. But some of you may like, are we mixing things up that don't make any sense? Let's really get into this more deeply. So we have a number of really interesting topics. And uh, not only that, Don has a very interesting narrative to talk about how she got into this. And we'll do that in just a minute after a couple words from the folks who are sponsoring us. Namely, Core Brain Journal is sponsored by Direct Health Access Laboratory. They are international leaders in molecular testing for mind science details. With over 3 million studies, they provide deep experience with the usefulness of measuring, for example, methylation, cryptopyrrole, and copper challenges. We use these folks all the time. It's extremely helpful. Their innovative insights improve treatment priorities through a global service with indeed a molecular focus. Connect your provider with a PDF on how and why these tests work for treatment failure at dhalab.com forward slash core. D-H-A-Lab, not plural, lab.com forward slash core. Stay tuned for more details in a minute. And then Core Brain Journal is also sponsored by the nonprofit Barry Robinson Center teams in Norfolk, Virginia, where they provide fresh options to address the complexity of child and adolescent treatment failure. Have you heard anything about that? I mean, is that a pervasive problem or not? From behavior imbalances to substance abuse, both nationally and internationally, they provide a very interesting, deep focus on data-driven, get this, biomedical advances that measure specifics on what to do with these varieties of treatment failure. That's Sorry, okay. We just a little phone ring. She just turned that off. So I'll just say it again. With these specifics of treatment failure, even after multiple hospitalizations, are extensive outpatient work. Review their innovative programs at barryrobinson.org forward slash core. That's B-A-R-R-Y Robinson.org forward slash core. More information coming later in just a moment. So let's go on this, Donna. Let's talk about this because you have such a variety of, you know, things going on. Let me take a moment to introduce you to the audience so we can just codify some of those interesting points. Donna is a chiropractic physician. She is a fellow in the International Academy of Clinical Acupuncture. She's certified nutrition specialist and a doctor also of naturopathic medicine. So she has been around. She's a diplomate of the American Chiropractic Board of Sports Physicians. And she got her master's degree in clinical nutrition from Bridgeport University. And those of you who are out here and know about it, that is one of the preeminent nutritional programs in the country. Very, very excellent program. Her other achievements include she's a team physician at 
Felician College, Educational Coordinator for the Red Cross Back Injury Treatment Program. She's an instructor at the Coaches Certification Course on Injury Prevention and Treatment. And yes, she gets around. She's won a number of awards, including the County of Bergen Award for Community Service and Woman of the Year at the Boys and Girls Club locally there. So what is happening is she covers a variety of issues. What she's going to be talking about today are two main issues and a number of parenthetical issues. One, as I said a moment ago, is exercise and supplements for healing arthritis, which people don't really think about arthritis and, and exercise, and then weight loss and detox. So tell us how you got into such, I mean, you're obviously a curious woman. You really have knocked on a lot of doors to figure out what's going on. So how, what was your motivate, what was your passion to take you down this different and winding road? I had asthma as a child from five years old asthma allergies and I went to allergy doctors got shots it was bad I would have asthma attacks from September to January every night and I would get my allergy shots 17 years I did and I never got any better never got any worse never got any better and somebody happened to throw a crooked pen at me as chiropractors used to use those crooked pens all the time and they said you should go and oh let me back up I had back pain and headaches on top of it. On top of that. So he threw this crooked pen at me and he said, why don't you try this guy? Maybe he could help your allergies. And I looked at him and went, my allergies. So I didn't go. So then I went to, and I used to actually be in a rock band because I'm a musician. So what do you play? What, what instrument do you play? I play bass, guitar, and keyboards. I graduated from Berklee College of Music up in Boston. Whew. And so I was in a rock band trying to get a record deal, and I went to go get a perm, because this is back in the 80s, and that's what everybody had, spandex and perms. Yeah. <laughs> and I was sitting waiting for my perm, and there's the crooked pen with the same doctor's name. So that's how I wound up going to this chiropractor. And when I went to this chiropractor, he did an exam, he took x-rays, and then he sent me for blood work. And he came back and he went over the blood work and he said to me, do you eat protein? And I said, I do. And he says, well, your protein's low. You're not breaking it down and your body's probably not producing enough of the enzymes and what it needs to break it down. So I looked at him and I went, okay, it made sense. He said, he said, what's happening is you're not breaking the foods down properly. It's causing an antibody antigen reaction, which is causing this inflammation. I had no idea what the man was talking about. I had my degrees in composition and arranging. I'm a Bachelor of Arts. But I said, you know what? I have 17 years. I've done this. Let me try this. So that's what I did. I started going to him in November. I still had my asthma attacks. He changed my diet. He put me on supplements. I was getting adjusted three times a week, and my family thought I was nuts. They said, you're wasting your time. You're wasting your money. And I said, well, I'm going to do it. So the following September, I didn't have one attack, not one asthma attack. And for anybody who's had asthma from when they're five and until their 20s, it was like a miracle. Somebody gave me my life back. I used to get bronchitis at least four or five times a year, and I would be on antibiotics four or five times a year. So I, every time I went, I kept reading magazines and I kept reading things. And one day he said to me, he said, you know, if you go into healthcare, you'll never get bored. And that's when the light went off. <laughs> and 
And so you can see, because I'm a little cerebral to say the least, I, if somebody paid me to just go to school, I would probably do that. <laughs> I like to learn and then I like to bring it back and apply it. So that's why you see I've done so many things and try to help so many people because I've been there. I've been there. I've had the back pain. I've had the neck pain. I've had the TMJ. I've had the allergies. I've had the asthma. I've had the IBS. I used to say, I think I get these things so that I can be sympathetic and so that I learn to fix myself. And that's why I have such a wide variety. And it's interesting because I, I used to want to be a film scorer. That's what I wanted to do. I wanted to write jingles and themes and film. So it was a full roundabout when I finally did my arthritis-sized DVDs because I was actually making a movie, so to speak, because they're exercise DVDs. And I didn't like any of the canned music, so I decided to write. And I hadn't written in 20 years. So it's been fun. It's been a lot of fun. Well, now a couple of questions come up right there that are interesting for me and, and some of our audience because... A lot of our listeners know that we're really strong here, and we very frequently refer back to uh, immunoglobulin G and food sensitivities as being uh, essential causes for refractory responses to psychiatric treatment. So the question that actually arises automatically, reflexly, when somebody's talking about treatment failure and not going anywhere and asthma because is IgG. Now, were they measuring IgG back when you started years ago? Was that one of the tests he did? And uh, was that part of his program? No. What I had were the scratch tests on the arms. I used to feel like a little pincushion because they would do, I don't know, set many on yeah. both arms. And yeah. when you react, it gets swollen. I mean, it would be hot that I put ice on it. I was a little kid, maybe seven years old. I remember. And I remember I used to say the allergy doctor, I used to say, what do you want to do when you grow up? And I used to say, I want to find a cure yeah. <laughs> as a little kid. So no, but it's interesting that you bring that up because I've been to several seminars that deal with gluten, celiac disease and gluten sensitivity. And it's very, very common that people go for allergy testing and it comes back negative but yet they do have a response to certain foods, especially since we have a lot of hybridization and genetically modified foods now. And there are a wide variety. And it's interesting that you bring the psychiatric up because uh, probably what you don't know is I was on the Passaic County Board of Mental Health. I was on that board for a while. And I also was a vice chairwoman of the Drug Alliance. So I've seen a lot of drug abuse, alcohol abuse, substance abuse, and when you talk about detox, it's not so much detox like it would be with drug abuse as it is to just cleanse the body. But if you have somebody who is on substance abuse, you have to be very careful how you detox them. Because if they have a lot, of, if you have a lot of toxins in you, you have to do this slowly or you're going to really have not a good time of it. Well, that is really an important point. Now, let's just tease this part a little further for our audience because what Dr. Perella is talking about is the testing that she got is what most people get if they go to an allergist and that's IgE testing, immunoglobulin emergency. So IgE occurs when you eat something or when you have an exposure to something like a needle on the arm, it pops back up in 24, 48 hours. 
And then IgG is the, I call it the ghost immunoglobulin because it's got the G on it and people can remember. It's lurking around in your body that you have this sensitivity and an exposure to a ghost immunoglobulin, a food sensitivity. It could be gluten. It could be, in my office, I call it the New Jersey trifecta, no disrespect. I was trained in Philadelphia and they had horse races over in Jersey. And so there were the three big ones. And in my offices, having done hundreds of these, it was milk, eggs, and wheat. And wheat was a slow third because we just look at them. I'm surprised, I was surprised because I listened to all the gluten guys. And we have, even starting at the beginning of this podcast series, we had Dr. Peter Osborne on, on 005, corebrainjournal.com forward slash 005, nationally prominent guy talking a lot about gluten. And we got into this more with him. But I think it's interesting because what you said is that the IgE testing worked for you. You found something out that was a problem for you. You quieted your body down. And somewhere in the course of that, then with whatever supplements your physician at that time helped you with, you started to actually heal. Your body started to actually get better, thus no asthma in September. And very, very interesting. Well, the IgE, the arm testing, actually, one time it came back, I could hardly eat anything. So that kind of testing really didn't help me. It was more when he got into the analysis of my blood, where you could see, for instance, my protein's low, my chloride's low, I'm not making enough hydrochloric acid. Now, whether or not the, all the antibiotics I was on had an effect on my gut, because if your gut isn't working, you're going to have you know, 80% of your immune systems there. If your microbiome isn't right, there's no way that your body's going to be efficient like it should be. So what helped me was changing my diet, getting away from things that I was sensitive to, like dairy, like eggs, and not so much the eggs for me, but the dairy till this day is an issue for me. Wheat so much. You know how, what's interesting about wheat is a lot of patients, because I do a lot of nutrition on patients that have uh, GI issues. And I had a woman come in a few years back and she said, when I, I had celiac tests done, I've had testing done, they'd say I'm not allergic to wheat. She said, but whenever I have pasta or bread, she said, I look like I'm pregnant. That's how bloated. So when she came in, she really wasn't that bloated. The next time she came in, she looked pregnant. It was mind opening. It really was how that could be. And people don't realize it because sometimes they don't have such a reaction. They don't know that they're reacting. And the thing too is they think that they could have a little bit and they're okay. That's so, so they, true. So they have a little bit and they get away with it. And then the next day they have a little bit more and a little bit more and boom. So, 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 so true. And, you know, the denial is so amazing. Some of our medical colleagues who are in denial about this, and you and I are hanging right at this moment in our conversation with Alessio Faisano, who's the chair of the Department of Pediatric Gastroenterology at Harvard, by the way. So well, this isn't not a couple of people chatting. This is what reality is in the medical world with a preeminent world thought leader on uh, gluten sensitivity and, and these things, these food sensitivities that we're talking about. I mean, and he's a chair of research on the celiac unit at Harvard. So, you know, not only has he written a book about it, right, right. but he's, he's teaching at Harvard. So the traditional, traditional colleagues are now getting more into it, but slowly, because 
my feeling is if a person's in denial about it, a medical, a medical colleague's in denial about this and they think it's snake oil, they will deny the observation that you just made even when a patient comes in and says, I'm more bloated. And they'll say, well, hey, it must be what you ate, but they won't actually connect it in right. any real way as a medical challenge that needs to be corrected because it's groupthink. And the groupthink then spins the day for that patient until they have to knock on some more doors and come around. It's one of the reasons we do Corporate Journal and why we're so pleased to have you on, Dr. Perillo, because it's good to hear Thank it from you. the street with an experience that happened. So now the next thing I want to ask you about is to tell us a little bit about how you do the exercise, the supplements, and the healing for arthritis. Now, you have a program there. I'd like you to tell us about that because it does sound to the myself. I mean, I'm somewhat informed, but I'm still not informed about this because it doesn't make sense on the surface. Why would somebody even be thinking about that? How does that work for you? What do you do? Well, I, I treat a lot of seniors. And when you have arthritis, you have decreased flexibility, you have stiffness, you have decreased range of motion, you have muscle tightness, you have pain. You know, those are common symptoms. So what I would do with patients is I would, of course, adjust them. But then I would teach them to do basic exercises, starting with just range of motion. And what would happen is they'd come back and they'd say, I'd say, did you do the exercises? And they said, well, I remember this one, but I don't remember the other one. So it all started because I was on vacation and I thought, well, I'm going to just record these exercises so I don't have to sit in the room every time they come in and tell them what to do again. And one thing led to another and I wound up, I said, oh, well, this is boring. So I said, I have to add music. So I decided to write the music and then I just started to do visualization so that while they're exercising, they're thinking of something that's really good, like a time where they felt good. Because as you get older, Things happen usually slowly and you don't realize it. A lot of times people will come back to me and they'll say, I forgot how good I used to feel or I forgot how good I could feel because, because it's a, sort of like gaining weight. You gain you know, half a pound and then another half a pound and by the end of the year you gain 10 pounds. So same thing with the arthritis. It just gets worse and worse and worse. So that's how that all came about. I started with the neck. And I did basic range of motion when I did my sports injuries uh, diplomate. We learned a lot about rehabbing. So you want to do range of motion. You want to do stretching. You want to do isometric, isotonic. So I take them through that with the visualization, with the music. And it's easy for them to follow. And it's basic. It's just really, really basic. When I did the low back one, I added a ball. Now, I never realized how hard it is for some people until I did a class on doing the ball. Some people can't even just sit on it. That's how off their, their balance is, which tells me that the connection between their, their body and their brain and their proprioception, their cerebellum, is just not connecting properly. Mm -hmm. And that's something that, as chiropractors, we address because that's what we're dealing with is that nervous system. We want it to function. Something's blocking that information. So I like to give exercises. I like people to do things because I could tell them everything, but I can't do it for them. And I think acquiring a healthy lifestyle is the best thing that I could teach them. So how do you have that as a program? Is it, is it a webinar? What, what do you actually have? And, then, and, and where is that available? 
I have DVDs, actually DVDs, hard copy DVDs. I am in the process of putting it on digital so people can download it. But right now they can call my office and order it. Or I actually have a website, arthritisize.com. I'm not sure if it's still connected to the store. And it's also on Amazon. It's available on Amazon. And it's called Arthritisize Neck Pain Relief and Back Pain Relief. Well, we'll have that in show notes, folks. We'll definitely have that there. No question about it. So then the next one we're going to talk about, and I want to take a moment to take a break here, but I'm, I'm looking forward to your answers about this next part of your conversation. And that is the combination of detox, which you alluded to just in the introduction. I think it's what you said is so absolutely relevant because we see people getting Herxheimer's just on detoxing. And so we'll talk about that. And well, I'm going to ask you some very specific questions about your program for weight loss and the relevance of detox as it's associated with weight loss. Because I can tell you right now, I've seen people that have tried to do weight loss and without the detox, it is almost impossible if they don't really understand how those two malady problems are actually uh, intertwined. So Folks, we'll be back in just a moment, and we'll hear about that very subject. Well, you folks already know that here at Core Brain Journal, we're on a mission to introduce you to resources that make significant contributions to the investigation of those predictable mind science applications. Our colleagues at DHA Lab Group provide a real difference with treatment options for people at every level, from first awareness of mind problems to those frustrating times when even well-informed treatment becomes surprisingly unpredictable. For my entire professional life, from psychoanalysis to brain scans, I've searched for, yes, improved predictability. The good news for all of us, from professionals to patients, remarkably effective research offers useful, cost-effective, organic options far beyond guesswork with psychiatric medications alone. DHA lab tests measure unbalanced biomedical details through easily available testing, now available globally for a variety of molecular answers from, for example, methylation, copper, and cryptopyrrole challenges. Check in for more details at dhalab.com core. That's D-H-A-L-A-B.com forward slash core. Well, welcome back, folks. You know, one of the things I really like about having the guests on is it's really for our listening audience. I love the word utilitarian. I'm sure you've heard me say it a few times. Why? Because I think there's no reason to do this and take this time to talk to experts like this if we don't have an actionable utilitarian intent, something that somebody can take home and do something with as opposed to just talking theory now. And we haven't been talking theory. We've been talking about some actual things that a person can do even before the break. Now we're going to get more into that a little bit. So Donna, tell us some more, if you will. Give us a little structure on your opinion about the relationship of detox, weight loss, and that conundrum, please. Well, one of the things that happens when people gain weight is they're retaining fluid. And What happens, instead of the water being inside of the cell where it is supposed to be, it gets between the cells in the interstitial tissue. And when that happens, then the cell doesn't have the water that it needs to keep itself healthy and to make ATP like it should so that there's energy. So when that happens, 
then there's just more inflammation and more inflammation. When you do a detox, what happens is, and this is in most weight loss programs, is in the beginning, people lose a lot of weight because they're losing water. Why are they losing water? Because that water, if they're toxic, is between the cells, not in the cells. So you, you need to get the garbage out. And what happens with a lot of garbage, it's in the muscle and it's in the bone. You have to get into the capillaries as opposed to just the arterial blood flow because you need to get the good stuff in and get the garbage out. And when I have somebody detox, I want them to be doing some very light exercise, some movement to try to get that momentum going with the capillaries and the, and the vascular flow. activity. Yeah, absolutely. And it's interesting. People don't realize how toxic they are because we have an American diet that is atrocious. I mean, thank God they, they brought up the trans fats, which also I believe was due to Harvard research that they finally got the government to say, hey, trans fats, you need to tell people because we don't know. I wish they would start doing that with all the GMOs and the hybridized food because it's hard for people to know what they have and what they don't have. And I look at this all the time and I get fooled sometimes. Now, the detox, I like to do, if somebody's never done a detox, I like to do a seven-day detox. I like to have them prepare for it. And then I, I like them to do something just very basic, very, very basic. But sometimes certain people, when I'll do a longer one, because what I want to do is I want to take away a lot of the foods that they would react to, what you were saying before, the milk and the eggs and the wheat, but also bring it down even further and then add one food at a time and try to do sort of an elimination type diet so they can see what kind of reaction they're going to have. Because once they feel it, then they realize, oh yeah, I really, I shouldn't eat that. Although a lot of people already know that if they eat this, this happens, or if they eat that, that happens. I'm really thinking about there's the macro picture, but then I don't know whether you in fact emphasize as well sort of phase one and phase two liver metabolism and the relationship between the food sensitivities and the liver activity. Do you get into all that with a patient or you say, look, here's what you got to do. How does all that work? Depends on the patient. If they're very analytical, I can go into the liver detox and the main detoxifying organs. But a lot of people just really want to know, well, how do I start? What do I do? And mm -hmm. I give them a pamphlet. I sit with them. I look at their, before I start with them, I usually look at their diet before I change it. And I look mm -hmm. at their diet so that I could start teaching them that this could be genetically modified. This could be causing issues. That could be causing issues. Then I give them food groups that they're going to eat for seven days. And only if it's not on that food group, they're not going to eat it. And then I give them certain supplements that actually help stage one and stage two liver detox. Because if we're only taking stage one detox, then we're going to have a lot of free radicals running around. We need to get the toxin to the end stage and out of the body so that it doesn't hurt them. And very often, I've had many patients with Lyme and, when, and epstein Bar through the years. And when you have that, they're toxic. So it, we're not even talking just getting the food allergies out. We're talking about they have underlying parasites or viruses or fungal 
it compounds for them. It just compounds. So when they detox, they have to do it very slowly or they're going to be so sick. They're going to not even be able to get out of bed. Yeah. So now I apologize to the listeners because we started using some inside lingo. And I just want to clarify what this phase one and phase two is. And the way I talk to people is, is uh, it's like the liver's like a house. It's got a front door and a back door. And the issue is if you've got a bunch of mice running around the house and you want to throw some cats in that house to clean that house out, you better open the back door first before you throw the cats in the front door because it'll just be chaos with your liver and your brain and everything else. So you get the back door open first. It's a sequence. Get the back door open first. Throw the cats in. Some of the mice are going to go out. Some of the cats are going to eat some of the mice. You're going to not have the terrible problem that could occur. Pardon me, as, as Donna was just talking about, when you get a relative constipation within the liver and the whole thing backs up even more than it already has. So that's what we were talking about, phase one and phase two. And what Donna was saying, she's really conscious of trying to get things on board that are really specific nutrient supplements that are found in foods that can open up that back door and take out methylation, sulfation, those kind of pieces of the uh, toxification process, take them out before they throw things in the front door. Yeah, it's interesting because sometimes people come in and they say, well, I'm just going to have water for three days. And I look at them, well, have you ever done this before? No, you can't. <laughs> I go, you can't just detox like that if you've never detoxed. It, it's such a shock to your body. Through the years, I've studied with a lot of different healers and really amazing people. So I've learned and I've tried so many different, I've tried personally have tried a lot of things, a lot of crazy things. And you really have to know what you're doing and you have to do things slowly. The other thing that I try to do with patients that are on a detox is I have the detox foot bath here. I also have a PMF machine, the Beamer. Okay. Tell me about that. We don't know about that one. The Beamer. PMF is pulsed electromagnetic field, and that helps with the microvasculation like we were talking about before. Yes. So if somebody's detoxing, I have them do the beamer, I have them sit in the foot bath, and I have, because they're deep, if they're taking supplements to get the garbage out or to loosen the garbage out of the tissue, I need to make sure they get it out of the body because the last thing you want is to get it out of the tissue and circulate it because they're going to feel worse than ever. So I'll do that. If they can't physically come here, I'll recommend that they do Epsom salt baths. Little things, sweat, just sweat. I have a far infrared sauna also that I use. Interestingly about far infrared saunas is I never used to sweat. I could work out and I bought this thing years ago for myself as my birthday present. And I started using it. I actually bought Hubbard's book on detoxing. So I started to do, it's very interesting. He had a whole protocol in there talk about rehabbing, like substance abuse. And interestingly, so I bought this sauna and I started using it and now I sweat. And I noticed that sometimes patients will tell me I can't sweat because they're so toxic. They can't even eliminate. It won't break out. It doesn't come out of them. The same thing happens sometimes on the foot bath. The first time you do it, it doesn't look so bad. And then it looks disgusting. Well, that's very interesting. So, you know, I've heard about near infrared, but I haven't heard of far infrared. I mean, there's a thing we do 
I don't do it myself, but we send them to people to do near-infrared hemoencephalography. You can actually bounce an infrared ray through the brain to increase vascularization in the prefrontal cortex. And that near-infrared hemoencephalography works for, for ADD, for example, off the subject, but somewhat close to it. And this other device that you were speaking about, is that a liver-focused device? Do you run it over the body? What do you actually do the beamer? The modality. Yes, ma'am. Well, the beamer, it's a pad that you lay on. It emits pulsed electromagnetic field. And I also have another little pad. So wherever the body part is that for the detox, I'll, I'll do that. And then whatever body parts say, if they have a bad ankle or bad shoulder, or if they have peripheral neuropathy, I wrap that body part because it helps to bring the blood flow there and helps to cleanse the body. Oh, that's very interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So there, there are many of those types of devices. I use something called the Beamer, B-E-M-E-R, and they could read about it on my website. Well, that is very, very interesting. Now, you do one other thing, and I want to close with comments on this because you have such a diversity of interesting things that you do, but you also have the ability to work with people who are in a dementia decline, who have some a neurodegenerative activity. Could you talk to us a little bit about that whole process? Yeah. My mom has dementia probably for about 15 years. So in the course of those years, I've learned a lot. I've taken her to several regular neurologists, traditional neurologists, traditional gerontologists. I've taken her to integrative doctors. And she doesn't fit a lot of the risk patterns, so we're not really sure but one of the things I could tell you is I've done hair analysis on her. I do hair analysis on patients. And one of the things with my mom, and I think this is probably the problem, is she had high heavy metals, high aluminum, high mercury, high uh, antimony, things of that sort. But the other thing is she was on Coumadin. So I couldn't really do certain detoxes because when you're on Coumadin, you really need to be very careful. You should, you really need somebody to guide you. So I kept trying to chelate, to chelate this garbage out of her. And I was never able to get those levels down. And I really think because she used to work in a machine shop and when she was younger, she worked in a dye mill. And years ago, all of your dyes had metals in them. So I think that's a huge factor for my mom. So it's interesting because I have a a good friend of mine who is also a nutritionist whose parent also had dementia. And she recently said to me, she says, we really need to put a program together for people like us so that we have a lifestyle so people know how to change their lifestyle so they don't have to wind up like their parent Mm -hmm. because there are so many risk factors involved with dementia and there's so little known. So many people, I go to that nursing home and I feel like I'm in the movie, The Cuckoo's Nest. Mm-hmm. You know, I was a kid when that came out and we used to make fun of it, but I sit there and I watch what goes on. And it's interesting. Everybody is different. It's affecting a different part of the brain. They're, some of their personality comes out. Some of it doesn't. Sometimes they get a little belligerent. Sometimes they don't. It's amazing. And, and these people talk to each other and they'll carry on a conversation and you and I will look at them like, what are they talking about? And they'll have a whole conversation and end it like they actually accomplished something. And they understood each other. Yeah. Sometimes I say to myself, are they on another dimension? Maybe there's just another plane or another existence that we don't know is here. 
Well, you know, the familiarity and the attempt, I'm sure on some deeper level of humanity, we're all social animals and, and there's a perception of, of working to connect with another person that, that's probably appreciated on some level, whether you get it or not, you know, because I know I myself am that way. I, you know, somebody is looking like they're trying to get it and they don't get it. That encourages me to be more patient and work with them than blow me off. You know, they blow me off. I'm okay. I'm done. I'm going to, I'm going to try to sell you on this concept because you're so disrespectful in a, in not an overt disrespectful, but I know that there's a certain point where you're just in such a level of disbelief is just not going to connect. Right. Exactly. It's a very tough thing to watch. So I've had her on, um, I've studied a lot of brain things, you know, David Perlmutter, Dr. David Perlmutter and uh, Green Brain. And so I've studied with him through the years and I've used a lot of his protocol. And I think that's why my mom's still here because usually with dementia, they're, they're gone a long time ago. It's hard to watch, so I don't know how good it is or bad it is. I just look at it. It's her journey and learn the lessons you're going to learn and, you know, try to make some good out of what's going on. So true. You know, Donna, that's what we're all dealing with. I mean, some of these things are not absolutely verifiable because you can't measure them specifically. Of course, if you could get that detox done with the hair, you will see the hair change over time. It doesn't occur right away because hair has to grow and it takes months for that marker to arrive outside of the body and the hair represents what's going on in the body. But nevertheless, what happens is without markers, you just have to go with the fact that, hey, she's not getting that much worse that rapidly and you have to look at that as success until we get further along with all the things that we're interested in here in the measurement, we're all very interested in measuring. And if we could measure it, I mean, that's why I think of it, Don, as a Galileo mind moment. You know, we're, we have telescopes, and if we just look through the telescopes that we do have, they're still inventing additional telescopes and different methods of, of reading the universe in a metaphoric way. It's just a question of becoming more familiar. So, One of the things I could tell you is anesthesia plays a big role. So any surgery that older patients have plays a huge role. Any trauma, there's been several things that have happened that made it worse. Surgery that's made it worse. And it just compounds it. And one of the things that's very frequent with a lot of people are UTIs. Is that right? Yes. Because they get dehydrated. They don't drink enough fluids. Even in the nursing homes, they get the UTIs and the dementia gets worse. And a lot of times once that's cleared up, they're a little more functionable. So that, that I've noticed on through the years, talking to patients, dealing with my mom, it's been a learning experience to say the least. It's been a journey. Well, and you have a lot of comorbid activities. When the older you get, the more comorbidity that's going to be present. So, well, listen, Donna, thank you so much, Dr. Donna Perello, for joining us. We really appreciate it. You've added a number of serious dimensions to our conversation here at Core Brain Journal. And we just appreciate you taking the time. Now, give us your website that you'd like them to go to. We have another couple in your show notes, in the notes that you gave me. We'll put them in the show notes, but go ahead. Where would you like people to go? It's drperillo.com. That's D-R as in doctor and my last name, P as in Peter, E-R-I-L-L-O.com. I always tell people in Jersey, it's like the tours, the Perillo tours. 
<laughs> I don't know the relatives. They go around Manhattan or something. Oh yeah, they're all over. <laughs> oh, is they, there? Do, they do the Italy tours. Oh, fantastic! Yeah. So that's it. That is my website. They okay. can find my podcast on there. They can find my contact info. Everything is on there. Well, that sounds great. Donna Perillo, thank you, Dr. Donna Perillo, for joining us. We really appreciate it. And when you get that whole protocol up for that next level of brain, let us know. We'll do another interview. We'll put it up and we'll get it out for people. Okay, sounds great. I want to thank you for having me on the show. This is wonderful. I love getting the information out there, and it sounds like you're doing a very good job of it. Thank you. It's really a pleasure for me because I learn every time I talk to somebody. So Absolutely. Thank you. You have a great day, girl. You too. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Cobrain Journal. We're working every day behind the scenes to bring you reports that connect research benches with those street trenches. Here we share the complexity of mind science because, as you know, details really do matter. One of the most pervasive misunderstood challenges is how commonplace medications like those written for ADHD, are used so regularly without clear guidelines. If you think you'd like more specifics, take a minute to download my two-page PDF packed with video links and references on the absolute essentials of how to start ADHD medications. They're easily available at corebrainjournal.com forward slash start. Thanks for listening. Do connect and stay tuned. Together we can make a difference.